0: Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hey, welcome to another episode. If you're listening, go ahead and go out and subscribe so that you won't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the show, give us a five star review. That way we can move up in the rankings and other people can find the show and be impacted and inspired just like you. Are you a woman of color in tech who feels stuck because you don't see people who look like you? You lack support from someone who truly understands your journey and you want to overcome the obstacles that you're facing in the tech industry. If you want to elevate your pay, become a leader at your company and be noticed by colleagues and executives to advance in your career, then Tech Trifecta is for you. It's my three month coaching program. And it's now open. I'm only accepting a limited number of people to the program. So apply today. Apply at link forward slash tech trifecta. My guest this week is Dr. Steve Iacovelli, also known as the Gay Leadership Dude. Steve is the owner and principal of Top Dog Learning Group, a learning and development leadership, change management, and diversity and inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, with affiliates across the globe. Steve is also an author and speaker. His latest book, Pride Leadership, Strategies for the LGBTQ+ Leader to be the king or queen of their jungle, came out in June of 2019. With over 25 years of experience in leadership, strategy, organizational learning, and communication, Steve is a rare breed of professional that understands the power of using theory and applying it to corporate settings to achieve business results. Oh, and he's quite fond of dogs too. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hello, Trina. So excited to be here. I'm excited to speak with you. You um, are very interesting, but how I Always start off the interview. Is I ask my guests to tell
1: the listeners who they are. And what made you the Steve that you are today? Ooh, ooh, I like that. Well, hello everyone. My name is Dr. Steve Vacavelli. Pronouns: he, him, and his. I am the owner and principal of Top Dog Learning Group. We are a boutique uh, learning, development, change management, and leadership consulting firm that focuses a lot on diversity and inclusion. Based in Orlando, but we kind of go all over the world. And I'm also known as the Gay Leadership Dude. So there's that whole trademark R on that title as well. And 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 I would say there's there's a lot of wonderful. contributing factors to what's made Steve, Steve, uh, at this day and age. But I, I would, I would obviously, um, like so many people cite those who are in my family, but it's not just the biological, it's the family I've created, uh, over the years have all had wonderful influences and supported me uh, on my journey on this wonderful life.
0: Wow. Very interesting. Um, and what I like about you is the fact that you have this learning and, um, development company and leadership and, you know, that's kind of my passion as well. But, you know, you said you started your business while being totally authentic. What exactly does that mean?
1: You know, when you when you look at some of the latest research in in leadership, um, those leaders who are their authentic selves in the workplace are much more successful, and, and that can be taken in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, but for me, you know, I've always been out uh, since I started going uh, into the professional world some you know, three years ago. I'm just kidding. I'm a bit older than that, <laughs> but, uh, ish. Um, no, it's, it's been about 28 years I've been in the professional space, uh, and it's been a- about as long as I've I've uh, known my authentic self. And I think um, for all of us listening, that power of being an authentic self within the workplace and beyond cannot be underestimated. And I think we all should uh, be authentic selves in that workplace.
0: You know, I love that. And the reason why I started that question out is because um, my space is advocating for women of color in tech, because that's where my, you know, life started. And you're so right. Um, Just showing up as your authentic self. And you probably can relate to this by being a gay man, but by being a woman of color, especially a black woman of color. um, I wear many, many faces. Right. Um, And a lot of people don't know this and understand this. But, you know, there's the Trina that may step into the office. There's the Trina that's, you know, in her own business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it gets exhausting. You know, it gets exhausting when you're trying to think about, okay, I'm here. So I got to be this way, you know, and it goes to, and, and I always tell people this because, you know, the black female gets the bad rap, right. Cause it's always the, oh, she's the angry black woman or right. she does, she's that. Um, so I really like the fact that you say showing up your authentic self. Um, so tell us about your journey as far as starting your business showing up your authentic self and the things that you had to that you went through and that you had to
1: overcome yeah thank you for asking and and side note i i love how you you've, you've noted that we all wear those different hats and i think it's you know understanding the context on where we lead with one versus the other but always remaining true to every single hat that we're wearing i think that's that's true authenticity at its finest mm-hmm. Um, I actually started Top Dog Learning Group as a part-time side hustle uh, back in the early 00s with a colleague while I was still at uh, Disney Cruise Line. So she approached me um, we were both in like internal leadership consulting, basically. And she approached me and said, you know, we should start a business. I'm like, we already have a job. And she's like, no, no, no. We'll kind of do this side thing. Like, Oh, okay. Well, we talked about it. And then we took it to our senior VP of HR, just in full disclosure and, and just said, you know, is this okay? And she said, don't use Disney stuff. Don't use Disney time. Have at it friends. We're like, woo. So we started this side hustle. We you know, met with a couple clients here and there. It was more of a, an excuse to drink a drink, some wine once a week and pretend to do training stuff. So anyway, <laughs> flash forward, things progressed. And, and my friend continues up the Disney food chain. She became a, a, a quite a high up executive over in Burbank. And I kind of went through a couple of different organizations, um, ended up uh, while I was getting my doctorate, I, I found myself at IBM for a while. I was a professor for like a hot minute, but you know, we still had the side hustle there. And I was uh, a global head of leadership for a, a large manufacturing company. And um, I walked in one day, uh, almost two years uh, into this experience. And it was one of those, um, yeah, Steve, this isn't working out. I'm like mm. what? This is, this is a 90 day conversation, not a, you know, 18 ish months where you just gave me a five out of five in my mid-year review kind of conversation. Mm. So Florida being a right to work state to this day, I still have no formal clue why, but it, it, it led me down this path. I'm like, well, what do I do now? And, um, and so as it turned out um, this, the same friend, Ruth, she calls me And she's like, hey, I need to have dinner with you because I have some news. I'm like, well, funny, I have some news for you. (laughs) She came over to dinner and my husband made made us a nice meal. And she's like, well, I'm moving to Paris for three years to run Disney University. I said, well, I got fired yesterday and I have no idea why. And she's like, well, come with me. I'm like, what? She's like, come with me. And, and, you know, you can, you speak French. You can help um, my, my dog settle in for the week. And just, so be the puppy au pair. And, and, and so my husband's just kind of listening to us, you know, eating his food. And he's like, look, why don't you go for a couple months, figure your stuff out and I'll come collect you. I'm like, okay. So I moved to Paris for a couple, couple months. And at that time is when I really had one of those beautiful sabbatical aha moments. And I'm sitting at a cafe And I look up at this sign. And if anyone here has ever been to France, that basically like the AT&T equivalent is l'orange, L'Aposte orange, Orange, And they have this big square, like orange squares, their logo. And I looked up and I said, you know, I have this whole side business infrastructure. I could make this a, a full-time gig and see what happens. And so that's what I did. Came home, kind of got all this stuff together. And in my perfect sense of timing in early 2008, when the economy was so amazing, I <laughs> went out on my own as a business. But knock on wood, it's, it's been uh, pretty much my full-time uh, hustle uh, ever since then. So, so God, universe Buddha, Allah, insert deity of choice here was clearly kind of guiding me along my path where I should go.
0: You know, I love that because, you know, it seems like and, and it's funny because I, I kind I didn't get fired. But, you know, you when you're in a <laughs> job that you're like hating and you're like, oh, I got to do something else is, you know, it's just just as bad. But it seems like those moments really push us into what we were meant to do. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's just funny. So, you know, tell tell the listeners what it is that you focus on, as far as your 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 learning and your training and development? What are you teaching? Who do you teach? And all of that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm so thankful that when people ask you, are you actually using your degree or degrees? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. It's kind of fun. So uh, my undergrad's in PR and marketing. My master's is in uh, educational policy and leadership, and my doctorate's actually in distance education. And so this is a weird, you know, kind of intersection of of, of my experiences coupled with my, you know, my learning plus my experiences. But you know, like I said, we do leadership and organizational development, uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, and a sense of belonging in the workplace and change management and being resilient in times of change. And, and primarily, we we kind of play around these spaces in a whole bunch of different channels, if you will. We do um, off-the-shelf training that we've created. We do um, customized stuff for clients, uh, both virtual and on-site, when we can do such things. Uh, we do group coaching, one-on-one, um, straight-up consulting services, And we primarily work with large uh, organizations, large Fortune 500s, um, large not-for-profits, and, and really focus on um, both the entry to mid and just just under that C-suite of leader within the workplace. And, and so it could be on things just as straight-up leadership. Um, our area of passion right now is really um, being creating consciously inclusive leaders. So that's been the big focus um, actually over the last about four plus years is actually part of my book, um, and, and, and really helping people create a space to foster inclusivity and a sense of belonging in the workplace because it's not just the right thing to do, but but studies show time and again when you're a leader who creates that space for all of the others, um, you just get better business results uh, and you make the world a better place. And so that's really where we've been focusing a, a lot of, of our energy over the late.
0: Yes, you know, you know, I'm a retired naval officer, yeah. so of course. I've led and it's, you know, it's everyone. And then like we were talking, my passion is right now women of color in tech and trying to, you know, integrate and and make that inclusive as far as, you know, women from all different colors and, and the pay and all those things that go along with that. So what are you finding when you're working with these big companies and you're going into, because, you know, diversity and inclusion is like the thing now, right? It's everybody's <laughs> like- talking about is It's like, ooh, since this pandemic hit and some of the things that we've experienced, let's all do this thing. Are you finding that companies are really authentic with trying to do that? Or is it just
1: the hype for the moment. Yeah, Trina, that's a gorgeous question. And, and I think it varies. I, I'm I'm fairly fortunate. Um, when we go into it, you know, it's top dog learning group, but I'll be frank, I, I don't approach any of our solutions from a learning perspective. It's really a change management, which has a learning component in it. It has ch- you communication strategy, executive stakeholder strategy, all those good things. And so I I, I can tell pretty early on in the conversations with a client or a potential client where their tick box mentality versus want to foster true behavior change. And I'll be honest, we try to shy away from the tick box mentality because that's that's not our value system. That's not how we roll. But we also know that sometimes that little bit of a journey can be the start of a tipping point for true cultural behavioral shift within a business. And so um, I, I think what we've been personally doing is, you know, we had a lot of folks approach us in in, in June of 2020 with with George Floyd and, and all the Black Lives Matter, of rightfully so things happening, where, um, you know, several folks approached us and said, can you help? And we said, yes, but are we still going to be here in December? Are we still going to mm-hmm. be here in, in spring 2021? Or are you going to have taken the mantle to continue this work? And, and a lot of them kind of looked at us like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, you know, again, no tick box mentality, and, and I'm happy to say that at least the folks that we've been playing with, they they have, they've been really good about it. Um, some a little bit slower than others. Um, you know, again, we work with a lot of global folks, and and you know, some of these big enterprise um cultures are hard to shift, especially mm-hmm. when they're fragmented around the world, and there's different perspectives on what inclusivity means, quote unquote, bunny ears. And and so as as long as folks are making those strides, I, I think we feel we feel okay about that. But we also know that some people come into our sessions or our workshops or our virtual things, and they're voluntold to be there, right. um, you know, <laughs> and, right. and, and you, you could just tell. And, <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, we we try to meet people where they're at to show them that, you know what, if you think about um, inclusivity in a business, there's three different buckets you're kind of playing with on a continuum. All the way on one side, it's, it's the... Um, um, You know, keep us out of hot water, whatever that looks like in your region. You know, could be you know uh, legal reasons, whatever. So there's that side. All the way on the other side is it makes the world a better place. Obviously, I think you and I sit in that camp, and we Mm -hmm. we see that value. And kind of in the middle there is, you know what? It's good for business. Right. And, and I always try to approach folks and say, look, you know, you might be voluntold on that other side. You want to keep out of hot water. You might probably be on the other end and say, you know what? This is good for the world. I said, but I'm going to ask you all to at least hit me in the middle where this is good for your workplace. And, and, we, and we want to start there and see where things progress. And, and usually I can get people on board there. And, you know, I wouldn't say by the end of the day, if we're doing a day mm-hmm. or whatever it looks like, but they've moved even one spot closer to, ah, makes the world a better place. And and that, that I feel that we've gotten a little bit of headway to kind of help move the needle.
0: Mm, That's, you know, that's great. And that's really amazing because we do, we need businesses and companies that are doing more than just ticking the box, right? We want the true, sincere businesses, because like you said, that's the only way that we can grow and make the world equitable and better for everyone, not just Okay, so we have this heat. So let's do this until everything right. dies down, and right. then we'll, you know, be fine. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> so when you're going in, how how are you received as far as when you're telling them, okay, you know what, this is what you need to do to get yourself going? <laughs> are they looking at? Because I, you know, most businesses are like, oh, we're fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, and this is where, where my, my white advantage comes into play <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll be frank. And my white and my maleness can come into play and mm-hmm. you throw in, Oh wait, by the way, you're a minority. Cause you're, you're, you're gay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so it, it's this weird. And, and I hate that this is true. However, it works. The message can be the same from like 20 different of us, but people will listen to the one that they want. Right. And 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 so you know we kind of use that to our advantage at Top Dog Learning Group. I mean we, we are we are a diverse group, um, but we we really try to help meet folks along um, and kind of move them forward. And and some of them look at me like you know what's this white dude talking about diversity? <laughs> so, so we and that's fine. Yeah, you know, we start that conversation. I, I always come out probably within about the first ten minutes uh, of our conversation because you know that's that's one of the, the differences with being an invisible minority. Um, you know, as, as, as with people with neurodiversity and things of that nature, you, know, you have, you have the option to disclose that. And I think that's where we all have that opportunity. I also always go into, uh, the definition of, of how we perceive diversity. And for us, um, and I learned this when I was teaching this, this kind of stuff at Disney, we, we play around with what's called the five layers of diversity, mm-hmm. um, by Garden Schwartz and Rowe, these two amazing women, uh, in the Los Angeles area, they, they, they said, you know what? There's a big definition on diversity and inclusion, uh, specifically diversity, and and what does what does that mean? And so they kind of organized it into five layers. You kind of think about it like a um, like a bullseye. And so they say, you know, at the very core, and I actually happen to have a video or a video, visual if you're <laughs> looking, um, but if you if you think about it, the very core of all humans is our personality. You know, no one will be the same. There'll only be one Trina, there'll only be one Steve, you, because of our personality and our experiences. So that's the core of what makes each individual unique. And then you say the next layer out is called the internal dimensions. And that's stuff that we often go to. Um, and I, I, I kind of identify this with clients when I'm first working with them. And it's things like uh, gender, gender identity, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, physical ability, um, your, your chronological age. And for the most part, these really don't change um, throughout your lifetime. Obviously, your, your age changes and your physical ability could possibly change. But these are the ones that, that kind of stick around. And these are the ones where when I initially ask a client, you know, how do you embrace diversity? Like, oh, we're good. We got blank month. And it's like, oh, OK, <laughs> good start. <laughs> but, you know, there's that. And then, um, and then we start to go out to what's called the external dimensions. And these are things that by design will change, but they still influence how we look at the world. Things like, you know, our income, our religion, our physical appearance, our habits, recreational, education, work, you know, these sometimes change and our appearance, for example, can change daily, but they still influence how we look at the world. And then uh, Garden Schwartz and Rose say organizational dimensions. So now in the context of the business or the workplace or whatever, so, you know, I'm in uh, I'm in marketing, I'm in sales, I'm I'm union affiliated, I'm not. Um, I started doing the thing called uh, legacy organization because I work with so many large corporations that that as mergers, and acquisitions happen. And, and you see the cultural difference between company A, who bought company B, and and how they kind of sometimes have almost this weird internal like turf war thing going on. But that again, all looks at how you perceive the world and how you kind of uh, w- react within it, and then their last thing is is fairly new actually because um, it used to be four layers now it's five layers and they talk about country of operation and so it's you know where you're physically located how that impacts uh, how you look at the world so it's you know the values of, of that particular country the political system the language the laws the social structure etc and so I happen to work with a lot of German national. Uh, enterprises for some reason. I don't know how that happened. I don't speak <laughs> German, but um, I see the influence of, of the German culture um, within. And of course you don't want to stereotype, but there's those, those commonalities like timeliness, for example, yes. you, the German culture is gorgeously. And I'm this way as a person, gorgeously, um, very structured in their time. Yes. And you see that permeate throughout the world in these different businesses. So I just always thought this was such a cool way to think about the concepts of diversity. And I always bring this up in our conversations because then people can start to relate. Um, so the white folks in the room are like, oh, OK, I can kind of relate now because I'm a parent. And, and so you you get them a little bit. Then you start to help them understand. Obviously, some of these impact how we look at the world much bigger than other things. But, you know, um, one last story. I was working with a client and we we they knew this. And they're a manufacturing client. And they were so excited because they they had their product development team. And they're like, yes, we're so cool. We got all these different ethnicities and and genders on our design team. I'm like, fantastic. Well, when they finally got to market with their widget, um, (laughs) they realized they forgot a diversity facet. They forgot handedness. So they spent all this money creating this, this thing and forgot to see if there is a diversity of, of ability, meaning left-handed versus right-handed. Right. And if you were left-handed, you couldn't use this thing. And so they're like, oh, we tried. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. You were in the right genre. Now we know. Right. So, but I just think it's a cool way to think about the, the concept of inclusivity and what that looks like for all of us. You know, and that's
0: very, very interesting and and so true that not only is the inclusive inclusivity things as gender, race, sex, all that. It goes down to, like you said, left hand, right hand, you mm-hmm. know, it's and that's something that I never thought about. And probably most people don't because that's not something that um, you just don't think about. I mean, and if you think about it, even growing up, it was, oh, you're a lefty. Oh, you know, it was like some freak of nature because somebody was left-handed, you know, and it's like, well, Why?
1: Why does so, it matter? <laughs> someone someone asked me, they're like, why are there so many trans people all of a sudden? I said, you know what? It's just the same way as left-handedness. Because <laughs> back in the day, as I date myself, I, and this was a little before my time, but I remember hearing stories where if you were a left-handed kid, they forced you to yep. use your right hand. Yep. And 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 so it, it it's kind of the same way. Trans folks have always been there, but now we're starting to say, you know what? We're not going to force you. We're you know, we're not going to make you make you go to only the right sided uh, desks. You know you had as a kid. There are some left left ones, and that's fine. And, and so it it's not that you know like left handed folks never existed until you know the 70s. Of course they did. And 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 I'm not. This is not analogy being you know dismissive of our trans brothers and sisters. Of course not. But it's the same concept. But society finally said, you know what? Yes. We have been wrong. We need to acknowledge. Um, and, and now that's why you're seeing a lot more folks have, have the courage um, and, and and the opportunity to to show their authentic selves as they truly are.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I'm dating myself because I am a child of the 70s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, me too. Me
0: too. <laughs> oh, my God. So, hey, so let's talk about your book. I love the title. So Pride Leadership Strategies for the LGBTQ+
1: leader to be the king or queen of the jungle. (laughs) Yes. yes. Um, So Pride Leadership uh, came out, pun intended, uh, in um, 2019. Yes, get it. Gay Leadership (laughs) book came out. Um, So uh, it's been in my head for quite a while. It's technically my third book, um, but I'm at a conference uh, in 2018, and I'm, you know, between sessions, I'm sorting my little business cards. And this woman next to me is doing the same thing and straight up a conversation. She's like, Well, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, consulting leadership, blah, blah, blah. How about you? She's like, Well, I'm a publisher. I'm like, you know what? There's a leadership book in my head that needs to come out. Let's get that book out. And so that's kind of where I started down the path of. Organizing what I've seen really work in the workplace and and what I've seen not work so well in the work, workplace for folks. And and so started identifying things. And then I um I do a lot of volunteer work for advocacy, um, you know, equality, especially for the LGBTQ community. And um and, and so do you remember um Trina, Sex in the City? Yes. So uh, Carrie Bradshaw, for those who don't know, was one of the main characters and she was an, an author and she always at some point in every episode, open up her little MacBook and would sit down and say, I couldn't help but wonder. And that was kind of the, her thesis. And so I couldn't help but wonder as I'm watching all my my queer brothers and sisters do their leadership stuff, if there's a difference in their opportunity to approach it. And so that's kind of what Pride Leadership led to. So I went from being a generic leadership book to one kind of through the rainbow lens, as you might say, um, to seeing, is there something about uh, being a queer person and and, and exercising your opportunity to, to to look at these six leadership competencies? So I talk about authenticity, courage, empathy, communication, relationships, and culture. And yes, they're six because it makes a rainbow flag. Isn't that pretty? No, I just made, these are the top six I, I've, I've seen over my 30 years in this space, uh, but let's take authenticity. For example, since we talked about it a few moments ago, um, you know, Contemporary research shows again, if you're authentic in the workplace, people know, people trust you, and and really the secret to good leadership is trust. Period. You know, you can take that away. I'd said I, I could have one word on one page of my book and be trust. Build trust. Period.
0: Right. But
1: if I'm authentic in the workplace, like if I'm a, a gay man who's out, if I'm a trans uh, woman who's being her authentic self in the workplace, that's power, mm-hmm. and that power can be used for effective leadership. Let's just think about it maybe in a different way. And that's kind of where uh, the concept of pride leadership comes. A lot of my allies love it. Um, it's, it's solid leadership theory mixed with really awesome dad jokes. So um, it, it's, it's, it's been refreshing to write because it's non-academic. Yay. Um, but it's really helped folks, regardless, think about their own uh, perspective through these six competencies and amp up their leadership awesomeness. Mm,
0: I love it. So I'm curious, your company, Top Dog is how, you said you guys are very diverse in your makeup. What's your makeup?
1: Uh, so I use a lot of 1099 contractors. So I, you know, that's been the fun thing about having been internal to like IBM and Disney because people mm-hmm. go on their merry way and you kind of keep ties with them and a lot have gone on their own. So that's great. So it ebbs and flows, quite honestly. Um, we are heavily on the female side. Um yeah. Just out of happenstance, uh, we have several folks of color. Um, mm-hmm. there's, I think right now two of us who identify as members of the LGBTQ blue community. But it it I'm open to all dogs, if you will. Um <laughs> the breed doesn't matter, but I just want to make sure that we we don't don't set it uh, the balance off one way or another. Um, so we're 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 pretty good mix. And you'll see you can see that on the, the current website who, who's kind of planning in our doghouse right now.
0: Oh, I love that playing in the dog house.
1: <laughs> dog puns are easy when you have this business. I
0: <laughs> Love it. I love it. Okay, Steve. So we're getting ready to hit our questions. Are you ready?
1: I am ready. Oh, see, so you hesitated. Oh, it's because I was getting water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you hesitated. Don't blame it on the water. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> okay, here we go. Who or what motivates you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say I, I have a lot of intrinsic motivation. I, I I'm really good at motivating myself because um, three years ago I would have said, "Oh, you know, ha- having a good living and impacting the world." Now it's like I want to make a darn big ding in the universe on inclusivity, and so the best way to do that is to grow the business so that I have my army of awesomeness who are just really fostering inclusive elite, inclusive leaders. So that's I think what what drives uh, my business and me personally. Mm. what demotivates you Minutia and detail i am a myers-briggs entj um and uh, that n big picture thinker is huge and and so my s-ness where you like details not my jam that's mm. why i have the awesome support staff that i have in my business who, who like that area
0: oh when was a time that something was said or done to hurt you but it worked for your good
1: well, I mean, I have been called the F word uh, way too many times. I, I have a lovely scar on my face from being gay bashed. Mm. And um, I, I would say that that I'm not going to lie. You know, obviously, that literally hurt and, and emotionally hurt. But it also said, you know what? To heck with this. The world's going to be better. And I'm going to show folks that this homosexual white boy can make an impact on inclusivity for all of us others. And I think that's kind of been the the, the silver lining of some of those experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. What is your fear?
1: I'm afraid of letting my top doggers down. Uh, And that was actually one of my biggest fears during COVID was because they're 1099 contractors, you know, there's, there's no formal, um, you know, it's a contract. If the contract goes away, it is what it is. And so I think that was the, one of the hardest things during COVID was, you know, the the three contractors that I had lined up, because we usually set up our work for the entire year by February Mm -hmm. And, and, and letting those folks down, they were of course, lovely. And they came back and we added more folks, but just that, that, uncontrollable way that I disappointed others was, was a bit of a challenge.
0: Mm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't?
1: Oh, that's a lovely question. You know, I, I have to say one of my superpowers is typically speaking, um, going after what, what I want, or if it doesn't work out to be reflective enough to say, you know what, that was, something bigger than me letting me know that you know i thought i wanted it but i it really wasn't in my best interest and I'm, I'm i'm open enough to kind of look at things that way but i would say probably i i i didn't pursue a home ownership earlier than i should have or i i would have liked to have mm. but i'm married so there's all that mm. <laughs> is there a time that you wish you had not done something time when i wish i had not done something there are times uh, early starting my business that I was like, "What that insert whatever here? Mm-hmm. Am I doing with this? You know, it's a it's an economic downturn. I'm I'm barely trying to make ends meet, and and like, why am I doing this? Why am I not going and getting a quote unquote real job? Mm-hmm. And and you know, and, and then you throw in oh imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of folks. In this world have that. And, and I think that that's, that's the opportunity is, is to get through that. Uh, and luckily I did, because, you know, it's almost 14 years later. <laughs> and, and, uh, but really getting through that and getting out of your own head, so that you don't kind of fall victim to that imposter syndrome and, and, and some of those uh, situational um, thoughts. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of success? I to find success where you are making an impact on the world and and you're leaving it better than you found it, all the while being able to support your family and those around you uh, so that they can do their passion or their work as well. Uh, How do you recharge? My dog, uh, I had to, unfortunately, my, my, my canine daughter passed away earlier this year, um, but I love my my son, my canine son. Um, obviously, my husband, we've been together 23-ish years, um, so he's been, we're completely opposite in a wonderful way, and so he's been a fantastic support system. Um, I do enjoy a bit of wine, especially if it's a chili by the fire pit and here in Central Florida, um, and, and, and I also love writing, and I didn't think I would, which funny that I have three books, but um, I, I, the, the first book was my dissertation, which was horrible. The second book I self-published, which for some people, they have great success. I did not. Uh, and it was not fun. <laughs> the third book, I had like a real, real publisher and a whole, you know, editorial staff. And I'm like, this is cool. And mm-hmm. I find myself, I'm actually working on the next book now because I find that really enjoyable and fun. What are you awesome at? I am awesome at, at being silly. And, oh. and, and I, I think that's a superpower given some heavier times or, or even heavier topics that we bring to the workplace and, and uh, you, diverse inclusion is, is stupidly passionate for me. But I also know that you can have a lighthearted approach to it so that others can approach it a, a little bit differently. And, and, and I, I get that from my father. He's one of the most awesome silly men in the world. Um, and, and I'm happy that I I carry on his silliness uh, into the next generation. <laughs> What
0: legacy do you want to leave beside the silliness?
1: The silliness. I was gonna say silliness. <laughs> um, you know, I want folks to say, "Oh, yeah, that gay leadership dude helped me think about things differently, or you know, opened my eyes to to look at my own superpowers, whether I'm gay or straight. It doesn't matter." And 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 I think that's that's kind of the legacy I, w- I will share. I was, um, you know, we just came back from from holiday, and um, uh, I, I, you know, my husband and I were were having a, a drink outside of this place, and this this, this gentleman came up, and he's like. Excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt. Aren't you the gay leadership dude? I'm like, And he had been on, he'd seen one of my keynotes and, and, and and she read my book. I was like, oh my God, like that just warmed my heart. He said, can I take it, Sylvie? I'm like, absolutely tag me in it. And like that, that, that one, that's just very flattering. But two, that means I'm making a difference. People remembering, not just me, but the stories that I'm sharing and, and the empowerment, I'm hopefully helping fan the flame in them. Cause everyone has these powers. They just have to exercise them. And I think that's, that's the legacy I'm, I'm hoping to continue to lead. Oh, I
0: love that story! Tell the listeners where they can find you, your website, how they can connect with you if they want to do business with you. Yeah. Give us the whole spiel.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Um, we we finally got to the one stop shop where you go to topdoglearning.biz. Biz. Uh, there you can find uh, information about my me, my top doggers. Uh, ways to get a hold of us. We're pretty active on the blog. Um, so you can see some of the stuff out there. You can see stuff about my book, pride leadership and the different ways you can, you can uh, consume that. Um, side note, uh, you'll also get a link to, um, the audiobook, which I have to say I proudly and painstakingly <laughs> did myself. Um, I was going to outsource it, but my, my, um, producer, uh, her and I were talking, and I'm like, okay, I have a whole chapter on authenticity. That's kind of crappy. If I outsource the whole thing <laughs> and someone else is telling my dad joke. So we did this at the beginning of COVID and um, I actually had to do it uh, on my own in the quietest place in my house, which of course was my closet. So my my gay leadership book was read in the closet.
0: You know, I laugh hard because I actually read my own book too for the audible version and it is painful.
1: Painful. Painful. You know, you
0: you like, oh, this is my book. I can read it. This would be fine. But Man, and I think the day I wanted to do mine, my neighbor was having construction done and I was just like, oh, my God, you know, I'm putting all these blankets up. And yeah, there's
1: a picture. There's a picture of me in the closet with a dog bed over my head for for sound dampening. So, Trina, I can empathize with you.
0: Yeah, it's for you guys who don't know. Yeah, it is painful. (laughs) All right. See, it's been a joy speaking with you. Um, thank you for taking time out of your day to, you know, be here on Trina talk with me.
1: No, uh, this was lovely. And thank you for all the work that you do, Trina. I think it's, it's super important stories that you're bringing to light and, and continue the awesome work.
0: I want to thank my guests for being on the show and I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and don't forget to tune in next week.